this is just an amazing opportunity, church. Are we excited? Yes? Well, I'm not going to take up any more time because Chris is going to come and open the Word of God. And uh, he's, he's going to just encourage us and stir something up in us as well. Thank you. <clears throat> that was terrific, Wendy. And thank you so much. Um, yeah, we've come to God's Word. Let's just pray together. Loving Father, we thank you for what you uh, just challenge us with. And Lord, every day is lifted higher when we put it in your hands. And so we pray that we may not be open, Lord, to receive just what you're saying to us now. Bless your word to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to bring a message to you which I've called The Harvest Needs Laborers. Uh, and it's built around a very familiar verse, which uh, we'll all probably know, um, that Jesus uh, uh, said to his disciples. So um, we're, we're going to have a look, first of all, at seeing the need. Uh, and we'll open up the scriptures in Matthew chapter 9. So uh, you'll be familiar with these, but let's have a look at it. Um, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. What an awesome ministry Jesus had. Now just think about what it says there. I mean, he went there teaching, and, and people said his teaching wasn't like the scribes and the Pharisees. It was like he taught... Uh, the scribes and the Pharisees, they'd tell you what the rules were, what the rules, uh, what the law was. They'd make up a few extra themselves, it says, uh, and it was all very dry. And yet when Jesus came, he brought life, he brought wisdom, he brought uh, a new dimension of teaching of God, which applied to their, their lives at that time. His teaching was awesome. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Gospel means good news. He preached that there is good news in salvation, in coming to the Lord, in knowing your God. And he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. Was this popular? It was mighty, wasn't it? It was so mighty that the next verse says, when he saw the multitudes, multitudes came to hear the teaching, to hear the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom and the healing of, of everybody, every disease, the miracles which went on. And so these, these multitudes came. But then it says, he not just saw but he was moved with compassion. And where there was a need, he saw it, but he also felt it. And needs will never be met unless we feel about what we see. And we may see many things, but he not only saw it, he felt it. And he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep with no shepherd. And, um, and I imagine a lot of those multitudes, to be multitudes coming to Jesus, had come a long way. And many of them were carrying injury or disease and wanting that healing touch. Many, many maybe came without hope and wanted new hope, the gospel of the kingdom. So they were weary and scattered like having no sheep, but Jesus saw them. And what I love about that verse is that it wasn't just like he had compassion we have watched awful things on our news TV screens lately, haven't we? As, as we've watched uh, the earthquake in Morocco and the devastation in Libya. Who does not feel compassion? Who does not feel sympathy? But are you also left with the feeling, but what can I do about it? What can I do about it? We're, you know, we can have a helpless feeling about it, but it doesn't mean we don't feel it. We see it and we feel it. It disappeared. 
great. No. Um, what it says that he didn't just feel it, he didn't just have compassion. What does it say? He was moved with compassion. I felt that in Wendy, didn't you? <laughs> moved with compassion. Moved into action. Moved into wanting to transform people's lives and to help them. And, and so to open up those opportunities. He saw it. He felt it. He was moved by it. Moved with compassion. And it's not enough just to feel sorrow. We've got to, we've got to uh, feel that real movement. What are you moving me to, God? You know, he wants none of his servants just to be idle receivers. That's not what we're called to. So we go to the next verse because he said something very famous. Is that all right, Roy? He said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He looked upon these multitudes, he looked upon the need, and he said, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers, he could have said, are one. The laborers, he could have said, is me. It was Jesus to whom they came. He was one person in one place. They came to him, the laborers are few. And what was the answer? What did he say? It was the last thing, but not the least thing on Wendy's list. He said, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, to send laborers into his harvest. Harvests need laborers. That's our first point, seeing the need of, of this that he comes in. So, uh, we'll move on. Uh, because the next thing is answering that call. He had seen it, he felt it, now he wanted prayer into it, and he wanted an answering of the call. Next scripture. We step from Matthew 9 into Matthew 10. And when we open it up there, it says, when he had called his 12 disciples to him, there he was. The, labor, the harvest is mighty, the laborers are few. Come here, come here, disciples. Come here, 12 of them came. And it says something incredible. He said, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. He invested in them the power that he had. The work and, and authority of the Holy Spirit that was with Jesus, he passed on to these 12 um, and, uh, and gave them that power. Now, when we think about the things which drew the multitudes to Jesus, it was teaching and his disciples had heard that teaching. They'd heard the wisdom that had dropped from Jesus' lips. They'd heard the exciting things that he had said. They'd heard the teaching. It was preaching the kingdom of heaven. Jesus went out and he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, is that far away. It's at hand. You can be part of the kingdom of God. The disciples knew that. What the disciples didn't have was this. The power to over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. So Jesus invested that into them. And then something very interesting happens because it, it says, and it's in Matthew's gospel, he names them. And he names the 12 apostles, and these are the first, Simon who's called Peter and Andrew and James and John and Philip, and I've put the rest in small print so you can either remember them or you can get out your binoculars instead of your reading glasses. But we know there was 12, and we don't have to go through all of them at this time, but there were 12 which he called. But there's another very subtle and interesting difference 
And I wonder if you can see the difference between verse 1 and verse 2. And in verse 1, you'll see that he called his 12 disciples to him. And what is a disciple? It's a learner. It's a follower. It's somebody who receives teaching. It's somebody who wants to know more about this way and what this person's teaching are. But look what happens in verse 2. In verse 2 it says, Now the names of these 12 apostles. Apostle does not mean disciple, does not mean learner, does not mean follower. What does, this, what does apostle mean? It means sent out one. Those who are sent out. And you see, what Jesus had done, he changed the terminology between verse 1 and verse 2 because he had done something very special with 12 ordinary people. He had invested in them the spirit of the living God to be able to take the authority of God, the miracles of God, the healing of God into people's lives. They had the wisdom, they had the teaching, now they had the Spirit of God in all its power and might. And people who had been followers became sent ones, sent ones. And these are them, those 12. So what does it go on to say? We're going to move through this and we're going to look at the equipped for the journey. They were going to be sent out on a mighty journey. Wendy mentioned the journey quite a few times, didn't you, my dear? about the journey that you've been sent in and the incredible thing. They were sent. Did you go out? Did you wander out? Or did you feel that sense of empowering? And actually, God's gripped my life now, and it's changed, and it's ready, it's ready to do something. It's ready to do something out there, equipped for the journey. So let's look what these scriptures go on to say. These 12, Jesus, what does it say there in yellow? Sent out. Apostles, these Jesus, these, this Jesus, these 12, he apostolized, he sent them out and commanded them saying, go to the lost sheep, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, to the lost sheep of the city of Plymouth, to the lost place of the place of your work, to the lost sheep of the place of your neighborhood, go to the lost sheep, he says, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Say to them, there is hope, there is an answer. There is a bigger life than the treadmill experience which people are on and are hurting in because God is a lifter of our ways. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. That's a big challenge, isn't it? Raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Have you received from God? Well then, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. So that was what he uh, sent them out on. And, and I said equipped for the journey. And I want you to look at the equipment that he gave them for the journey. Let's push up the next bit of the scripture. He said this, provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. What equipment did he give them? Not a lot. In fact, he told them what not to take. Don't take money. Don't take extra provisions. Don't take those things. 
actually, what he was saying is, I have already given you the mightiest equipment you could ever need, the spirit of the living God. And what I just want us to think about for the moment, are you familiar with the story in Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John went to the temple, and there was a lame man lying by the temple gate. And what was he asking for? Money, arms, in Old Testament, New Testament, old language. He, he asked for arms, he asked for money. He was a beggar. He'd been put there. We find out that he was above 40 years old. He'd been lame from birth. And every day he was put by the temple gate to ask for money. Why at the temple gate? Well, the people who went to the temple were more likely to give him money than the people who went to the treasury or the farm field or, or whatever. They were, they were decent people who went to the temple. Maybe they'll give me money. And that's what I'm begging. And then Peter and John come along. And, and he holds out his hands. And, and it says he looked at them expecting something. And, and, and what did Peter say? He said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have... I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Now, I just wonder what would have happened if Peter or John had had money in their pocket. And here's a man with his arms out expecting money. And if Peter and John had given him some money, he would have been satisfied with that. And maybe it was jingling in their pocket. And they, well, I could give you a coin, go on into the temple. There's important things. I need to pray. It was the hour of prayer done my bit, it's okay. But Jesus said, don't take money. Take what I've given you, what I've freely given you, and freely give it. Because it's greater than, it's mightier than, it's awesome that you can give the wisdom of God and the hope which he has poured into your life. So it's the equipment that he takes is what he has invested in you, the person he's made you to be in God. Let's move on. Okay, so then he says something interesting. Whatever town or city you enter, inquire who is worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go out into the household, greet it and the household's worthy. Let your peace come upon it. I think this is tremendous. Let your peace come upon it. You know, I'm, I've been working in a very similar ministry to Wendy. She knows it over many years now. Uh, we called it Redeeming Our Community's Rock Family Mentoring. And we were doing the same work of uh, sending family mentors into a home. And, uh, and I was helping lead that work and do training and, and send people in. I found it awesome. Because it's like every church leader thinks, how can I get into the community how can I get in to speak to those people who are across the road, who don't come over? The doors are closed. It's difficult. Family mentoring is incredible because a referral comes through maybe a secondary school and the child's going downhill and they say this family needs help. Maybe it's a police, maybe it's social services. They refer it in and they will be saying to that family, look, we are in touch with this ministry, Rock Family Mentoring, Safe Families. If you would like help, they are offering to help you. And, and this, this uh, usually a mother, I have to say, usually the mother there, considers it and thinks, I could really do without help. Yes, please. And that's when the request come, used to come to me, Rock Family Mentoring, comes to you, Wendy and you, and, um, and you think, okay, I've got a request. Now I need a volunteer. I'm, I'm trained up to be that family mentor investment, safe families person. 
And when they go and knock on the door, I'll tell you this, it is an open door. It's an open door. And I've been through those doors which are open and sat with those families, and it is incredible just to go through an open door. Yes, I need some help, yet my family is not really functioning. Uh, I am in, in, a, in a really difficult, hard place, and I can't control this. Usually, usually boundaries have gone out of place. The family isn't eating together. The kids are doing what they want. And, and I, I, I've been in, and, um, and, and some of my mentors worked with a family, and from a, a real array of uh, where everything was di disarrayed and, and skewed and out, I go in a few weeks later, and, and I see a little star chart on the fridge. And it's like jobs for the children and the stars have been built up and there's some structure coming in and some help coming in. And somebody standing alongside, like in that video, it's an awesome open door. And if you want an open door to go and speak to somebody and share what God has freely given you, sign up. Sign up because it's a great, great way. So, you let your peace come upon it. Peace is a most awesome gift because God's peace, and Steve preached on the one that passes all understanding and this amazing peace. Worldly peace is what's not. Worldly peace, there isn't a war. The kids are being good. We haven't got a fight in the house. I'm not arguing with the neighbors. Uh, husband and wife is behaving for once. You know, everything's at peace. It's the not, 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 not. Of course, godly peace is the opposite of that, isn't it? That whatever's going on, Jesus was there in a boat in the middle of a storm. How? Asleep. At peace. And when they woke him, and they said, don't you care that we're perishing? Look at this awful storm. Look at all that's going on, Jesus. Oh, you of little faith, peace be still. And from the great storm came a great calm. And God invest, has invested us in this wonderful supernatural peace. In that peace dwells the presence of God. In that peace dwells the power of God. And when you bring your peace and the power of God and the presence of God to a household, what an awesome change comes over it through that next P, your prayers, and what you can give to it. Let your peace come upon it. And if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever not will receive you or hear your words, when you depart from that house or that city, Shake the dust off your feet because they didn't want to know. It was offered, but it was not received. What I can tell you with this ministry is it is usually received because they have asked for the help in the first place, uh, which is a wonderful thing. Only once in my life have I shaken the dust off my feet, um, but I have done that once in my life. It's not something very usual, but I needed my peace. Your peace is the most important thing and God will keep you at peace. Right, we're nearly through. I think we've got one more scripture because I wanted to jump from Matthew 10 to Luke chapter 10 because when Jesus, and Jesus was the original apostle, um, John 6, might be verse 38, you can check it out. Um, Jesus said, I have come from heaven to earth not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me apostleship. Jesus was the first apostle. He was the first sent one. He was sent the furthest. He was sent from heaven to earth. So he was the first apostle, but he distributed that to 12 others. 
And they went out and they did all these things, taking their peace, taking the power of God, taking the presence of God. But in Luke chapter 10, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way, behold, I send you as lambs among wolves, as lambs among wolves. Well, you know, Jesus was not only the ultimate apostle, the one who was sent from heaven to the earth, he was also the ultimate lamb. We read in Revelation that when John, in Revelation, looked for the lion of the tribe of Judah, a title of Jesus, that when he looked for this lion, next thing is he saw a lamb as it had been slain, as it had been slain. But it was, there was blood, but of course it wasn't, it wasn't dead because there's resurrection power. And actually the lamb is more powerful than the lion because the lamb has been through death and brought victory over it. The lamb hasn't, the lion hasn't done that. The lamb has done that. So when Jesus sends you out, yeah, lambs amongst wolves, the lamb is powerful because in it is death and resurrection is the peace of God, the power of God, the presence of God. We've got 70 people here. Oh my goodness, we can turn the world upside down, can't we? That's what happened. Turn the world upside down with the presence, the peace, and the power of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, that was great teaching. There were some great mic drops there as well. Actually, if you ever heard that term, the one-liners with the mic drops. Come on, the power of God. The power of the Lamb. Oh, thank you, Chris. Thank you for your word. Thank you for just, just pouring out your heart this morning. What a great word. Awesome. It has been great to be together. Wendy, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your word as well to Becky and I. Just to confirm to you, that is the fifth time in two weeks the exact same word has been spoken over our lives. And God spoke to me from that verse in the summer for us as a church for 2024. And I believe that the word for us for, for, for the year of 2024 is reach out, stretch out. Restore church, reach out and stretch out. Church, it's going to be really exciting. Come along on the journey. Be excited. Be a part of it. But it means getting our hands dirty. I'm not sure if I've sh shared this story, but, but when the, uh, Jessica was little, we watched, there was a film that she loved to watch over and over again, and it was a film called Robots, um, with Robin Williams in it. And in the film, the catch line wa was, see a need, fill a need. Church, we need to see the need and be the church of Jesus Christ and fill that need. Come on. That's what God has called us to do. Please stay and have a coffee. Enjoy the coffee. If you're a young person, please hang around for our youth hangout as well. It's going to be a great afternoon together. God bless you all. May the Lord bless you and keep you in this week. And may his face shine upon you. Amen. God bless you. Go out and be blessed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.